Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. Welcome to Tuesday Afternoon's Late Lunch. Let's get straight to business on the show because my first guest is standing by and I'm really looking forward to her. There's really an aura about this woman. There is indeed and we're going to hear why. Kat Hamilton, you're very welcome to Late Lunch. Hi, thank you. Thank you. You made me smile. Uh, no. <laughs> There's an aura about me. <laughs> but tell me this, tell me this. You you and auras, we're going to get into it now in a moment. Do you have to be in the presence of someone to, uh, you know, understand or feel the aura or experience it? No, it's really interesting because I think, um, because I can feel music as if it's alive and moving i kind of can have that anywhere whether i'm like you know kind of um i'm in the presence of it or it's just on the radio or something do you know what i mean mm. um and with, with people as well it's, it's almost as if you just tune into them so mm. i used to do healing and i would do absent healing and it kind of always felt stronger when i wasn't with the person Yes, I hear what you're saying. Isn't that so interesting? It comes yeah. under the headline of synesthesia. Would you explain to yeah. our listeners what that is? Okay. So I've only recently discovered that there was a, a name for what I had <laughs> for my gift. <laughs> and um, yeah, synesthesia just means blended senses. So it means that you can... Um, maybe taste words or you see music in front of you visually uh, or you, you see letters in colours or as if they have a personality. So it's just like your senses get mixed up and you see and interact with the world in a different way. Mm, and it's a very small percentage of the population actually have this. So you're you're really yes. special, I have to say. <laughs> as somebody said. And, you know, we, we, myself and Louise were talking, my producer, this morning about you. And you know the way, I, in my lifetime, not so much lately, but in the past, I'd often found myself in a situation in life and I said, you know what? I dreamt that last night. Is this, well, so, is this something you experience too or on a regular basis? Um, yeah, it's an interesting question. I kind of, I, I did have a, you know, I've been, I've, my life has been kind of quite unusual and I probably had prophetic dreams through my life and um, known things before they were going to happen. Mm. And all the kind of different things that happened to me, I wasn't sure if they were part of synesthesia or just part of my, you know, who I am. Um mm. But yes, there, there is a sense of having a, a dream or it's more, you know, like deja vu. I think maybe you, did you describe a kind of a deja vu yes. sort of feeling? Yes. Yeah. So mine's more as if it's, um, I've been in a vision or something. I don't even know how to describe it. It's where I've seen something happen yeah. and then I wake up the next day and I know, all right, this is, this has happened or is going to happen. You know, it's more of a prophetic dream sense. Mm, mm. 
And so, in other words, a, a very acute sixth sense. Do, do you ever feel like you don't want this as part of you? You know what I'm saying? You don't want it. <laughs> I think it's been part of me from my whole life. That All I right. actually like it. I, yeah. you know, I, I never... <laughs> I never kind of think, oh, God, I wish this didn't happen to me. I'm always, I always welcome it because I've come to trust yes. what I do. Yeah. Mm. And, 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 you know, this, um, this gift, may I say, that you have, um, the likes, I, I want to, I'm name-dropping here on your behalf now, Oprah Winfrey <laughs> and Holly Willoughby, who we know all know very well in this neck of the woods. You've crea- yeah. created for them. Tell us what you've created for them. So what I what happens? I used to think I could see auras, but actually, it's as if I see somebody's signature colours, their personality. Um, so Oprah Winfrey, I created a, an image of her just through listening to her, getting to know her, you know, like everyone does through the TV and everything. And then I I tried to do one of Holly, and it took me about three months of trying and trying, and I wasn't getting anywhere. I couldn't see her colours, nothing was flowing. And then it kind of got to a point where she was gonna she was on the Jonathan Moss show and I thought, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch and, you know, see what she has to say. Mm. And she'd written a book and she said, I didn't know myself and I didn't understand things about myself and through writing this book and blah blah blah. So from her saying that I saw her colours. So it was as if, you know, when you don't when you don't really know yourself, then I can't see them. It's more like I'm trying to do a caricature in some ways. Yes. So by her doing her um, her book and discovering more about herself, I was able to see her authentic colours around her, which was like wow, really like quickly and yeah. Happened very quickly. So you produced the art of the auras surrounding these famous people, and I take it then those colours, uh, you know, applied to them. And two women there, very uh, prominent women, powerful women I- in their own right. Can you see my aura today? <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm still curious. Can you can you feel my aura? Tell me, please, Kat. No, I can at the moment. Okay, <laughs> okay. I must. We must send you on a picture or something and see. Can you can you find a little bit more? There you are. I'm, I'm now. I'm really curious <laughs> for you to do this for me. But but going back, you know, you mentioned you've had this from a very young age, and I know you've written about this. Your gran, your grandmother Dorothy, who read the tea leaves, and you know, in Ireland, we've a great tradition of reading the tea leaves as well. And you remember sitting on her lap as she read them as well. Do you think yeah. any of this? came from her definitely i think it all came from her she she had a sixth sense she was like you know the the wise woman in the family if you like i'm I'm scottish as well so you know there there was that celtic thing but i seem to have got the gift stronger through her yeah definitely Mm. Yeah, and, and and you know it is something we're we're big into, and it's a, it's a dying thing in Ireland, but it was huge indeed years ago. The coming back to the colours and the aura that you can see, and 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 this sense you have, w- what's the significance in us understanding that and understanding the aura that surrounds us? See, that's yeah, that's really interesting question. It's kind of just showing you a different aspect of yourself. Um, so it's. I, I'm, I, I think somebody said to me once that, you know, it's like when it's, if I'm feeling really down or really low and I look at this picture, it reminds me of my true essence. So it kind of gives them hope and a light and something to remind themselves of who they are on a deeper level. Um, I, mean, I mean, apart from that, really, the significance is, is negligible. I mean, it doesn't doesn't matter whether you know your colours or not, to be honest, but it's just such a beautiful way of interpreting somebody. We're used to looking at people and judging them by what they look like, but we don't see the deeper part of them. Mm. Um, and I think to have synesthesia, it opens my mind to the differences in people and it kind of wants me to understand them on another level. And when I see them in that way... It builds compassion in me and empathy towards others. Yeah, so interesting. And and when you hear music, you see colour. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, yeah. 
you're, you're a bit mixed up, Kath. You're a bit mixed up. But it's good, it's good. I'm <laughs> sorry. What did you say, sorry? Yeah, just that, you know, that the, your senses intertwine and, and mix and match, oh, you know, un, yeah. un, unlike, unlike, unlike the rest of us. And it, 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 it is so interesting. Are you online? Can people follow you? Yes, so I have um, an Instagram account, um, cathamilton.photoart, and, and I have a website. And people can book commissions to have their colours done as well. So mm. um, I usually work with people online. I've got someone coming tomorrow. And what I do is I have a photo of the person and I embed it in the image. Yes. I desaturate the image and then I meet the person online and we chat and I get a feel for them and then I I create their portrait. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. It really is fantastic. Anyway, check her out. Kat Hamilton, she's online and if you want to get it done, away you go. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kat Hamilton there. I'm certainly sending her over a picture. After the break, the new Loud Stadium. Big news today and we're going to hear about it. The Treasurer of the Loud County Board, Aidan Beryl, has to be a happy man today because, as you know, plans have been in the making for a while for the new Loud football stadium in Dundalk it seemed to be on hold and people were wondering what was happening they had the big draw last year raised a lot of money but so much more needed and today great news Aidan uh, you must be a happy man this day yeah. yes indeed Jerry. It's, it's another milestone that has come my way um, I've been talking to you I think on, on a number of occasions in the last two or three years first of all with the procurement of the site and then with our planning permission and then probably with most of with our house draw but certainly this has topped a lot this gives us a, a substantial sum towards the development of the, of the grounds. And Aidan, maybe you might explain to listeners the route you've gone, because I have to say, when I saw it, I said, this is fantastic. How did you tap into this funding and how are you going to get it? Yeah, well, we tapped into it. We always had a plan A and a plan B. This is probably the plan B. The plan A was the large-scale infrastructure um, sports grants, which hopefully will be released before, or will be applications will be released before the end of the year. But this came on board uh, earlier we got an uh, inkling of this before, uh, back in five or six years ago, but unfortunately this scheme wasn't available at that point in time to sports grounds or sports facilities. But in the last while it has become available for such projects and we tapped into it and in conjunction with our um, Lawler Associates Consulting Limited in Dundalk, we developed it and worked extremely hard, both Peter Fitzpatrick, Francis McMullen and myself, then a lot of work to get this scheme up and running and obviously with COVID it was very slow to get going because there was no travel and no interest in travel uh, from any part of the world I suppose but now um, thankfully COVID has gone and things have opened up again and people from non-EU um, economic area can come and, and uh, reside in Ireland and get a, get a two-year residency uh, with, a, with a cash payment or not, it's, not a, it's not cash for passports but it's, it's, an, it's an outlet there for people to invest in, in residency in, the UK, in, in, in Ireland Yeah so it is uh, an immigrant investor programme where people uh, abroad as you say outside the EU all over the world can pay a sum for uh, an element of citizenship and uh, residence in, in this country. So um, this has been opened as you mentioned to sport now at last which is only right 14.8 million is that what you're going to get from the scheme? Yes, 14.8 million is, is what we, we are uh, getting. We have 10 applicants uh, already submitted, submitted their application for 400,000 per, per applicant. And we have another 27 uh, waiting in the wings. And that will happen probably early in the new year, in 2023. But what it will do is, Jerry, it will enable us to, to start the stadium in, in January or February of next year, whether permitting. I think we, at the last two county board meetings, we said we were going to tender. And I think the delegates were looking at me as to sit to say, well, what's this guy doing? I put that out to tender and I have no money. So this is this was in the pipeline and this is what's come to fruition at, uh, last night. So do I take it then that uh, under this scheme, just listening to what you're saying, Aidan, that it's the people looking for the grants or the assistance like yourselves, the Loud County Board, have to go and target these individuals and then they apply under the scheme? Yeah, and it is, it's a very rigorous uh, application. Obviously, there's a lot of money laundering, a lot of vetting that has to be done by both um, our consultants and also by the Department of Justice. So 
it, there's, there's a lot to have to, a lot of hoops to go through before you get to that stage. But basically, that's that's what what we had to do. Well, well done to you. It, it's it's a great job. It really is. And now this stadium is going to become a reality. Huge jump in costs, uh, like everything in this world. From you, you sort of started out twelve million, now eighteen or nineteen million required. You'll only be short what two to three million approximately. Are you hoping that those grants you mentioned there on a domestic front then will take you over the line and other things like perhaps seat sales, etc. Yes, that's that's the plan, Jerry. That we we'd always have have, have um, other items in the agenda, like. Money hopefully from Crow Park. We'll have state of uh, seats. We'll have probably naming rights and other items that we can raise money on 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 in, within the ground. So, you know, we should be able to make up the, the deficit or the, the shortfall there over the next twelve months. But the, the big news is that we will be able to go ahead with it um, probably early in the new year when our tenders are, tenders are going out at the end of this month and um, hopefully back by Christmas and. Hopefully we'll, we will appoint a contractor early in the new year to, to start straight away. So from that point of view, like it, the fact that we have the funds in place, or most of them in place, uh, at this point in time, it, it makes it very attractive for any, any potential um, developer. So work starting early 2023. When would you envisage perhaps the first uh, ball being kicked on the new turf in the new stadium? Well, we, look, we, we, we spoke with our, our management committee last night and we had a meeting of our own committee there early in the week and... Um, jokingly, I suppose we we put out the twenty the twenty twenty four county final uh, to be held in there. But look, we had these sights and ambitions before. But look, if we don't set targets, we'll not get there. So that's the plan, Jerry. That twenty twenty four county final will be in there. Well, you know, I don't have to remind you, it's been such a long road, but at last there's light at the end of the tunnel and the new stadium for Loud GAA is going to happen. That is the big news today. I say again, congratulations to you all involved and we look forward in LMFM Radio to being there with you uh, on that county final day 2024 or as you say, whenever it happens. Aidan, thank you again for joining me on the show. Thanks, Jerry. I am truly delighted to welcome my next guest to the show today because uh, it's back to the future for me for the next while on the show because I have told you in the past and you do know I'm a former pupil of St. Joseph's CBS in Drogheda and its principal who's there, I can't believe it, he's in his fifth year, joins me today, Paul Savage. Welcome to Late Lunch. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you for joining me on the show. And you're here for a very particular reason because it's all change in your school come next year uh, because an all-boys school always has been in my lifetime you girls will become members of the school population school family yes a huge change on the way Jerry. so we're delighted to announce that we're accepting enrollment for girls in September 2023 and uh, there appears to be a lot of interest in that so we're welcoming that change and of course the change as you were talking to me just there before we came on air is already and has already happened at primary level. Yeah, massive change. And I suppose um, some parents have asked why we've considered this change. Um, and, and really, it's it's considering parent voice and student voice. Um, there's been a lot of change in the primary settings. There, there are no single sex primary schools in our catchment area any longer. So traditionally, we would have had St. Joseph's Primary, which was all boys. Um, that has changed. It's now co-ed. Uh, presentation has moved from the all-girls setting to co-ed setting. And the newer schools and all of the rural schools are a mixed setting. So the students are used to the mixed primary setting. And I suppose that has driven the demand for the mixed secondary setting. And it's something, Jerry, that's happening nationally, not only in Drogheda. We're one of four Edmund Rice schools that are moving to a co-ed setting in the next academic year. How do you feel about this as the the boss? I feel great about it, really really looking forward to it. Um, I was going to say to the challenge of it, and, and I'm not really sure that it will be a massive challenge because what we need to remember is that the students who will come in are used to the mixed setting. So in many ways, um, it'll be myself, the deputy principals and the support team staff and teaching staff um, that will need to adjust um, and ensure that we're able to provide the best for the girls that join us. But we feel that we're very well equipped for that. We had a new extension that opened in 2015. Um, we have state-of-the-art facilities there and we're currently in the process of um, beginning another new extension as well. 
So very exciting times ahead. Why is it taking so long? You know, is it a throwback to just what Ireland's been? How long, by the way? How long is the school there? 1858. The, the, I think it, they got the go-ahead to open in 1857, but it was 1858 by the time they took the first cohort. And a lot of your listeners will remember the school at Sunday's Gate. Yes. Um, I'm a past pupil of the school myself, and I would have done the majority of my time there. Um, we were split between two buildings and prefabs on the site of what's now Scholars Car Park. Um, so we moved from there out to where we are now at Newfoundwell in 1990 to what was at that time a state of the art building and uh, that we, we've developed the, on, on that site since then. Mm. And I suppose developed um, at, at quite a large rate in more recent years. We currently have a, a population of just less than 900 students and about 80 teaching staff, um, nine SNA members and a huge ancillary support team there as mm. well. I remember walking to play Gaelic. Yeah, that's, yeah. On the <laughs> to Westcourt. To Westcourt. Well, yeah. Westcourt is now just adjacent to your site there. Yes, and the old, uh, just right next to the garage there, the old gates to that field are still there they are. and preserved. And I suppose a, a lot of, of uh, listeners would remember that walk down and uh, meeting the teachers there <laughs> as we kicked ball. That the, the PE department has come on a long way oh, since then. Oh, yes. Yeah. And you're multidisciplinary now, of course. Gaelic Games being the focus at that stage. But coming back to that question I posed to you a moment ago, was it just a, a fact of Irish life that there was the segregation in education? I think so. Traditionally, and I suppose if you look at where education was rooted in, in religion and the religious orders, it, it was the custom. And for a long time, I suppose we didn't challenge that custom. We're inclined to to become complacent and accept things as they are. In more recent years, we've had a lot of international students come to join us in the school and they've been a great asset. Um, But it always struck me at those preliminary meetings how, how surprised they were to, to realise that there were single-sex education settings in Ireland because in a lot of European countries, they don't have that setting. Mm. So I suppose that may have started the ball rolling. We'd have a long association with our neighbours, Green Hills, our Ladies College. Um, and in more recent years, we've we've uh, reacquainted ourselves with them to do a musical. Um, so we had the girls on site a number of years before COVID. And just looking at the impact and the positivity of seeing those young people working together um, it was another factor. Um, and then finally, parent voice, like a lot of parents are looking for the one stop drop. Things have changed. Um, parents are busy and having to, to drop a son off in one place, a daughter elsewhere, mm. um, you know, it, it, it makes it a lot easier for them to manage if it's one school with a similar timetable, same starting time, finish time, holiday time. Um, so I suppose all of that combined came together to begin a discussion about two years ago with the Board of Management. Uh, I'm going to pose you a, a, sure. a, maybe a problem by asking this question. Well, I'll ask it anyway, because just as you say that there, life has changed. And for parents having children in one school, if you have a parent today who has a child, say, who started in first year in a different school to yours yeah. and say they bring a son or a daughter, vice versa to you, can you transfer between schools? You can transfer, um, so it is possible. I suppose um, our main focus at the minute is on our incoming um, first-year cohort for 2023. if if we have other year groups where there are vacancies available, yes. it will be possible to transfer. Okay. But we don't anticipate that that's going to be on a very large scale. Mm. Um, it may be a factor that people consider for students possibly in fifth year where they begin the senior cycle, leave yes. insert programme and they look at maybe subject options. Um, so we have a very broad range of subject options available. And some that would be traditionally rooted in an all boys setting. So technology, construction studies, design and communication graphics. Um, so we have had some queries in relation to those subjects for girls. So there may be a possibility that we have some girls join us in those years to um, access that, that um, setting. The so walls have really come down. That's they, what they I'm have. hearing <laughs> in every sense of the word. But I put this to you uh, today, Paul. Uh, It's my alma mater, as I said, and I'm always very proud of it. And I enjoy my time thoroughly in St. Joseph's. And there were a lot of Christian brothers and lay teachers there at the time. Very few women. I remember the first woman teacher arrived. Her name was Miss Salmon. She was an art teacher. I I can remember that well. The only subject I ever failed. (laughs) Anyway, in me me intercert. (laughs) So don't ask me ever to sketch you or do a picture or whatever. But here's the point. As regards students... In my fifth year, sixth year leaving South Cycle, I do remember that 77, 78, Mary Clark and another young lady 
we're part of our class. Yeah, I, and I recall that um, being an article in a, a school journal that we had. And uh, the finer details are lost on me, Jerry. but I know they certainly did join um, the school for those two years. And I think it may have been to access certain subjects, but I could stand corrected on that. No, you may be right there. Yeah, yeah you may be. But they were part and parcel. And it was a big thing at the time. Can Absolutely. you imagine? Yeah. 77, yes, 78. Huge. Two women coming into St. Joseph's CBS. My God almighty, it was news at the time. But those were the years and, and they were there at that time. This is quite different in that it's, you know what I mean, uh, all in this time around. Thinking about the rural schools, have the rural schools always been mixed at primary level? Rural schools have always been yeah. mixed. Yeah, yeah, they have been. And uh, we we have 18 feeder schools listed um, and would have a very good relationship with the rural schools. And great to be back out there in the last couple of weeks meeting with principals and fifth and sixth classes. And I suppose to see the developments that have happened there, um, huge amount of the rural schools now have a, an autism setting. Mm. And we uh, currently have three autism settings running in the school as well. So in terms of change in recent years, that's been another massive change for us and, and something that has certainly benefited both students, staff and I suppose families in the area alike. Um, so it's great to see that rooted in the primary schools as well and I suppose cements the link between us and them moving into the future. Mm. It's the way it should be because in life, look at when you move into university, when yeah. you go into the workplace, whatever you're deciding your path in life, of course we're all working together, men and women, and it's a far better preparation than the segregation. I'm thinking in the practical sense for the school, okay, you have issues, uh, you are all inclusive of course, you have bathroom matters to deal with now, you know, separate, although you've always had with your teaching, uh, you know, a contingent of women there as well. Sport, you know, I'm thinking of sport as well, Paul. They are yeah. challenges for you and your teams, aren't they? They, they are challenges, but again, we, we have a lot of the foundation and the groundwork done in that. So mm. where traditionally a lot of sport would have taken place during lunchtime, we now have a real extensive programme that operates after schools, okay. primarily Wednesday and Thursday. We finish at three o'clock on both of those days. And uh, the, the fields, the gym are packed um, with teams that are training in, in every element. So okay. you mentioned that it was traditionally GAA. Mm. Um, we, we, we certainly have GAA, very strong teams at all levels hurling, but we've introduced soccer. Um, we work very closely with Boyne Rugby. Um, there's a coach there that comes in. We have a basketball squad that won the Division C All-Ireland, moved up to Division B and won it in their first year. So we're currently competing at Division A. Um, so there's a really extensive port, sports and extracurricular programme. We have a baking club, would you believe, Jerry, <laughs> that runs and is oversubscribed. Get all the yeah. boys on that <laughs> blood into that bloody club because it's a basic skill that men and boys have lacked for years. Yeah, but a, a huge interest in that. Good. Um, chess club, uh, Brendan Riley, I have mm. to mention Brendan, he was our uh, caretaker and Brendan stayed on with us and works uh, very closely with a huge chess team. They won All-Ireland just pre-Covid. Very um, so good. They're, they're, they meet every Wednesday and they're looking for a second day because of the interest there and that. So in terms of... Um, providing those opportunities for girls. I mentioned to you that the PE department has grown. So um, when I started teaching, we had one qualified PE teacher. We now have nine on site and leaving our PE is an optional subject. So the uptake there is massive. And the, in terms of the gender balance there, it's it's 50-50 male-female teachers. So we have some that are playing a sport at very high levels for county and are very keen to get the girls involved in mm. that. So we expect In your overall that. staff profile, is it more men than women or I women than men? I would say the balance has tipped more this current year um, towards more women than men. Hmm. But it, it, it's, it, it's inclined to be... Um, 50-50 with more women I think slightly more women than men mm. on the staff Yeah. So for listeners today if their ears are up on this and they think mm, let's find out a bit more about this we're curious we'd like to consider St Joseph's for our daughter what's the story? We're available to meet so um, they can contact Nolene and Jacinta who are um, our admin staff great team there that look after everybody and uh, they will pass on any queries to myself I have to mention Jennifer Kelly and Patrick Trainer, two deputy principals that work very closely with me I couldn't do my job without them and uh, look at any of the teaching staff we had an open night last week um, and we had queues right out to the front gate a huge amount of interest from parents of girls so I think a lot of them would have gotten questions answered on that evening but uh, we have several video clips up on our website as well and that's available for anybody to view and any additional questions were, were available to 
to run through them. Louise, my producer, has just had a little whisper in my ear to say to Paul, there's going to be great interest from the boys as well next year. Of course <laughs> there will. Yeah, it's great that it's opening up. It, it really is. And well done to you for leading this historic time in the school on your watch as well. Um just before we finish today, I want to mention a couple of people. I want to mention Johnny Gregory. Absolutely. You know. I'm hoping that he's out there listening. Listening to us. Um, great fondness for Jer- uh, for Johnny. Johnny yeah. taught me Irish. For I'm a past pupil of the school. Um, so over at Sunday's Gate, Johnny taught me there. And I went on to do my qualification in Irish. I was an Irish teacher there you go. before I, I uh, yeah. stepped up to deputy principal. And of course, Johnny was deputy principal as well before he retired. So special. Special word. word and to a hello yeah. to him this afternoon. And Cyril Gillen, of course, who I meet on Wednesdays regular. Cyril is back with us and a member of the board of management and Great. invests a huge amount of time in, in the school. Yeah. And, and so many others that I know will be listening. We have a, a grandson of, of Kevin McGee's joined us this year in first year. So it's lovely. And I suppose the open night the other evening, Jerry. Lovely to be meeting past pupils and people that have connections with the school coming back in the front doors with their daughter potentially mm. joining us in the Isn't future. Isn't it marvellous? Yeah. Anyway, success to you and congratulations, uh, Paul Savage, again on leading uh, St. Joseph's CBS into a brand new era for the school. There's one thing guaranteed with you uh, leading it. It will be so successful. Thank you for joining me on the Thank show you, today. Thank you, Jerry. Really appreciate that. Take Thanks. care. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'm supposed to be number, number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. Uh, my song today was originally recorded by the Pointer Sisters and released in April 1984. That song made it to number three in the USA, six in the UK. But today's featured song is a cover uh, that is simply called Jump. The other one was Jump For My Love. Jump, released in November 2003, spending six weeks in the UK top 20, but falling just short of that number one spot, peaking at number two in the first week it was released and staying there for one week only. It's Girls Aloud. Yeah, two on Tuesday is Girls Aloud and Jump on Your Late Lunch. So as we do each week, we let you have a listen to the song that kept it off the top spot. And interestingly, our uh, most famous impresario from an Irish perspective, Mr Louis Walsh was involved, of course, with Girls Aloud and with the group that kept them off number one. Yes, it went straight in on its first week. And again, it's a cover, this time of a Barry Manilow classic. I remember all my life Raining down his cold as eyes Shadows of a man A face through a window Crying in the night The night goes into morning Just another day Happy people pass my way Looking in their eyes I see a memory I never realized How happy you made me Oh man Well you came and you gave Without taking But I sent you away Oh man Will you kiss me And stop me from shaking Oh, I've enough. I've enough of that. Louise, pull it there, Louise. Pull it there, Louise, please, for me. I've enough of that. I've enough of that altogether. Uh, If Westlife brought out three blind mice at that stage, it would have gone to number one, to be honest with you. That is true. What do you reckon? The originals in both. (laughs) I couldn't disagree with you. We're on the same hymn sheet today, the originals. Yeah. But if you had a choice of those... What was the, what was the charts like that time? <laughs> Sorry, but that was number one and two in that week. It was. It really was. People must have been on their holidays. What? They were. 
probably wear. Opt for one. Which one, if you were to be pinned? If I had to, I definitely wouldn't do Mandy. No. No, we jump. Thank you. Mm. We'll go for jump. We, Can we, we do pass the duchy next week? <laughs> on the left-hand side or the right? <laughs> <laughs> that went to number one. Yeah, no, it was a great song. All right, well, bouncy song. Uh, I don't do, know what was number two. Though. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, right, we'll do that for next okay. week. Okay, that'll be the number one and we'll see what was number two at the time. So it doesn't matter, that's who wins. <laughs> it's typical, <laughs> it's typical <laughs> Louise was. We're now doing something arse about face. But look, it's sure, it works anyway. That's the bottom line. And I'm going to tell you something else that worked and I want to praise them. I went for a blood test this morning in the hospital in Our Lady of Lourdes and I have to say... It was superb. I booked it online, went up there. And in fact, I went in and you have to just key your details into a little touch screen. And before I could put me arse in the chair, my name was called. <laughs> that is no joking you. It wasn't that the blood out of me like that. That's because they just wanted to get rid of you as fast as possible. <laughs> And here are my, here are my, here are my, here are my praise in them. And now you're putting thoughts into my head from yesteryear. From yesteryear. No, they're great. I have to praise the service when it's good. It was absolutely fantastic. And on a medical related matter, I see in the United States, they colonoscopies. You're familiar with a colonoscopy, aren't you? I am. I'm nightmares about it still. Tell them what you said to me. You'd rather? I'd rather give birth to four elephants in a row <laughs> than have another colonoscopy. <laughs> and I think that's the most wonderful description <laughs> I've ever heard. Now, you've, only had, one, you've only had one. I've only had one and that is the last one I'll ever have. I've had... I've had three or four. <laughs> <laughs> so when you hear me saying to you that I have a pain in my ass, you'll understand why. Because I've had three or four, okay? okay? But I found them very... The worst part is drinking that sweet That was the best stuff. part for me. Oh, I didn't mind no. that. I lost about ten pounds. No, no, no. <laughs> it's typical. I kept getting up on the scales every time. <laughs> See, men wouldn't even think like that, whereas women do, you know. But anyway, uh, it runs the you know what out here. It's terrible. It's just terrible, and you can't eat anything. But the colonoscopy itself was the most pleasurable experience oh, God, because I was I was asleep, Louise. I wasn't. Well, they mustn't have given you enough stuff. <sighs> Oh, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. It was really? awful, dreadful, painful. Oh, I think I was grabbing your man and shaking him. Please give me something. Please give me something more. <laughs> no, they didn't give you enough because I, I actually, you, I'd be out for it. And then when you wake up, that cup of tea and the, the little sandwich of the biscuit is the nicest you'll ever you have. You sure you didn't give birth? <laughs> <clears throat> Tea and toast to see after you uh, give birth. That's the nicest. It is the nicest after the colonoscopy too. So it's the men's equivalent of birth, the, okay. the tea and toast after the colonoscopy. I, I found, but getting to the real nub of the story, America now, research is saying that they question the effectiveness of having it, you know, too frequently. Uh, you know what I'm saying? In terms I totally of, agree. Why are they Why are they questioning it? Though? They say that it's about 18%, uh, you know, of people it uh, identifies if there's an issue or can, oh. help, you know, assist that, which is quite low, you know, mm. below 20%. If you want to read the story, it's online at the moment. Check it out just about that. I just said I'd mention it today, but there you have it. How many elephants? Four, at least four. I could go up if, if I... <laughs> Anything to get me out of having another one. <laughs> Boys have all the fun. There's no doubt about it, gents. You have to concede. The women carry the can when it comes to uh, testing and trying times What'd in What do you call a life. collection of elephants? It's not a pride. A her- her- is it a herd, a of, herd elephants? of elephants? Yeah, I think it's a herd of elements. Oh. elephants. Describe that. There you are. Louise would rather have a herd of them. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Stay with us because we're on the road next with motoring man Tony Connell. I'll come back to your colonoscopy capers shortly. If you've had a colonoscopy and you were listening to me, Seth and Louise, you've anything to say, the messages are coming to us here. I'll come back to them in a moment. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Tony Conlon is standing by. Afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you for joining me on the show. Well, I always say this. I envy you because you really do have the best of motoring. The Mercedes CLS you've been driving lately well, Tony. Yeah, well, Jerry. <laughs> the thing about it is, Jerry, you have to give these cars back. <laughs> I know. You are accountable, you know. I know, I know, I know. So this is a beauty, a, Tony, is it? It is. It is a beauty. There's no doubt all about it. It's a four-door coupe as such. 
Uh, the original one was not only four door, it was a four seater, but this is now a five seater. Naturally, the centre seat in the back, it's not for the biggest of persons, but it's uh, it's the step in the right direction. It's a beautiful looking car. I, I kind of what want to say to you, it's so gorgeous looking, and just to say it's beautiful and stunning looking, it's not enough. You know, you want people really to see this car for themselves and understand what I mean that can be lost in design of some of the modern cars, especially electric some of the electric cars a lot of cars out there at the moment are looking sad you know they mm. got mercy they, they, some had beautiful grills and studded grills and stars and stripes and everything else but now you some of them are just getting a bland and a bit of plastic stuff to the front of them there's no shape now unlike Mercedes actually held the design with the EQE and their EQS electric vehicles. And it's very simple, though, when you have good stylists and, and designers mm. out there. And uh, oh, other companies should jump on that. But the, the CLS is a beautiful car. It really tied me up in, in, in a way that with a buy EQE, which is all electric, 640 kilometers range. I spoke about it recently enough, I think. Or would I buy this diesel, which is about a range of 1,200 kilometers? an economy of up to nearly 50 miles per gallon. You know, I'd be inclined to go for the CLS for a couple of years, or two or three years, and, and then go for the EQE. And don't believe you're going to lose a shilling on it in some, from a depreciation perspective. But let's just say it's a beautiful-looking car. I know, you know, if it was built like a, uh, the frame of a basketball player, I'd, I'd, it'd be difficult maybe to get into the back for a little bit. Mm. You'd have to stoop a little bit. Now, it's such a pretty, beautiful-looking car. If I had to get down on all fours and crawl into it, I'd crawl <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that says it all about it. And the range and the diesel, it, 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 it's a fantastic range it has, isn't it? And it, it has, and like, you just, you just a style written all over it, and, mm. and that's in the inside too, like with the 12.3 fully digital colour HD display. So it's all brought up to modern, the, the safety aspects of it, the finish of it, the leather, everything everything about it, uh, down to the ash panelling on the on the dash, everything about it is so beautiful. So uh, the only thing is rear visibility is a little bit restricted there, but naturally, of course, Mercedes come around with a trick of a 360-degree camera to compensate for that and to help you out if, if you find that rear visibility is a bit is a bit mm. uh, restricted you know so Mercedes CLS getting the real thumbs up from Tony Connell beautiful car it, it, it's not a cheap car it's not a cheap car at all it's over 80,000 yeah um, just short of 82,000 there thereabouts and it's, it's, not, it's not it's not cheap but like as an investment I suppose and if you're a car lover and mind you there's a lot of nice marks out there it just adds to the whole range as such you know yeah but yeah. you will have to toss the kindness whether you're going to go electric or stay with the CLS for another little while, you know. OK. Now, the DS range of cars, and just to tell listeners, DS uh, were under the Citroen mark for so long. They're a mark, a French luxury mark in their own right. Again, another car that you said to me, Jerry, this is an absolute cracker, the DS4. Yeah, well, Jerry, like, you know, I don't be feeling it all like he's all excited. He's saying all the lovely things about cars. The DS, my first acquaintance with DS was a way back, a way, way back in a massive, beautiful garage and never really garage in Donnybrook. Lord of Mercy, my good father was with him and it was the first time I, I, I sat into a DS, I saw a DS. It was at a time when the rich and famous were driving them. Mm. Uh, there was a, a, the presidents and even the archbishops from Ireland had, had a DS. They oozed style and technology a little Technology advancements, especially from the underpinning perspective. This was the car originally now. The old DS could drive around nearly in three wheels, you know what I mean? Mm. You probably saw films of that. The new one, this is a standalone company again yep. here. Uh, it was launched in, in the new DS4 down in Cavan there in, in Richard Corrigan's place, actually, in Virginia Park. And uh, it's a stunning car. Now, it's not for me just to say it's stunning. It has already won a major, major award for the most beautiful car 2022 at the 37th Festival of Mobile earlier this year. So it's that that beautiful looking. It has, its features is like it's 1.83 metres long. It's, uh, sorry, wide, I should say. It features 20-inch alloys. It features matrix headlamps. It has curves and sharp edges on, on the muscular appearance of the rear wings. The, the, the roof stretches down at the back. It's a 430-litre boot. It is hybrid, petrol, and diesel availability. Right. And it starts off at 37,000. What you're going to see here is all these companies I'm speaking about in recent times, the Opels, the DS, the Peugeot, this world, they are now governed by the Gown Group. 
And these are Irish-owned distributors and of each department have their own managing director, their own staff, PR people and everything else. And they are pushing these and you're going to see more and more dealerships out there. But DS is back, especially with the, with the floor. There's no doubt at all about that. And it's a car to have a look at. And if someone says about value land, no, no, listen, we're in different times now altogether. DS is back. That's all I want to say. Good to hear. Now, we're getting uh, more, are we, down to the man and woman's level who are predominantly listening to us today. But, uh, Tony, uh, uh, this car, and and you sent me the pictures of it, in my book is a stunner. It's the new Alfa Romeo Tonale. Yeah, look, here we go again. The same company I'm speaking about now, part of of the gown group. You have Alfa Romeo, you have Fiat cars, you feel professional and you've Jeep all under the one umbrella. Tonale was unveiled yesterday evening. Uh, we don't have a price for it. It will be available at the end of this year. It is a stunning looking SUV. It is a hybrid. It is shown Alpha has back where I saw the Veloce one. Uh, there's going to be two versions, Veloce and the uh, uh, what is the other model now let me think anyway there's two two types of two two versions of it yes Coloche is the top one anyway it puts Alpha again back in the light they were gone off the scene the front of this car features headlamps that were designed for a supercar Alfa Romeo back in the 90s called the SZ now the, the technology back then even back then has been adapted now for this new Alfa Romeo Tonale it is uh, didn't drive a jury but I am an Alpha fan. I've had a, had a few of them in the past. Mm. I, I let say, oh, they've done this, that, you lose this. I never lost a shilling on one. Uh, not a shilling did I lose. I loved, I loved the Italian, the Italian flair. I loved the design of it, and of course, uh, now there's a. Uh, and they say the whole aspect of the way they're going in this is that it, it's losing none of its performance and none of its renowned road holding because of the hybrid system or anything like that. And uh, there's an economy aspect to it there too. So you have the, the Tonale, you will see a, a new revamped Julia, you will see the Silvio will be revamped, you will see a new Fiat every year for the next seven years, I think, the, uh, even maybe maybe more, I reckon. You will, the Scuda Professional Fiat is now for sale, on sale, and you will see a host of new Jeeps arriving, including a new Avenger there coming on the scene too. So they're all back now, and the Steelers being a pint of fodder, Jerry. Well, Tony, I have to now uh, roll the clock back and then roll it forward because I can't believe this. But the Paris Motor Show is back on October the seventeenth in a few days' time. Tony, tell me this is true: the Renault Four is making a comeback. Well, you know, the, the, the wordology is they will avail a new show car, but. That's a teaser. They're just putting that out there. They will get they will get feedback on this. I can just see a blackened out. Uh, you probably have the photograph too, Jerry. Of it. Yes. But uh, but uh, we know what the four L was. Uh, we know the, the family aspect of it. It was a poor man's tractor, also. There's no doubt at all about that. But uh, it was a brilliant family oriented vehicle. Uh, and that will bring back so many memories to people in the 60s, 70s and indeed the 80s. Yes. Uh, there's no doubt at all about that. I think to be onto a massive winner if they could bring this car back as they're trying to bring back the 5 also. Yes. You know? The 5 is on the way back they say in 2024 but Tony, uh, he's probably listening today, a good friend of mine, Eddie Joyce, I meg- mention him regularly. I remember Eddie had a Renault 4 and we headed off to Donegal and other places in it as well and I can still see wasn't the gear stick up uh, on the dash that's right that's right up in the centre you pull out twist yep. yeah, select yeah, up, <laughs> right up in the centre of the dash it was a remarkable vehicle there's no doubt at all about it and comfortable it was it was ahead of its time it was an SUV of that era if you, yes. know, you were sitting up higher than it and it, it had everything and the most important thing it had value written mm. all over it. Yeah, you know? it certainly had. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the design. I suspect we're going to really be enamoured by it on the 17th of October in Paris. And just while we're staying with Renault, the the big uh, launch for them at the show as well is the Megane E-Tech, isn't it? Yes, Megane E-Tech, Jerry, and uh, it, 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 it's a huge launch for them. I saw the car actually in, in person. It starts off with a 40 kilowatt version, 37,000. 60 kilowatt is 41,000. Range varies from 300 kilometer for the smaller kilowatt, 40 
to 450. And it's, it's an exciting time all around, Jerry, with new models because not alone have we new models, you have a new dealer there, MG dealer, Brian Reynolds and Drogheda after being appointed, and you have James Riley and his daughters after being appointed, uh, Opel dealers in Navin. So it's, it's great to see the, these new dealerships coming into our counties. It really is, Tony, and it's a thumbs up as well for them and offering a wider choice, different marks, etc. Et uh, just before we finish, um, the, the, the cost of fuel seemed to ease a little, Tony. I know it's, I think it's up a little again today, but any relief at the pumps is welcome. And there's no doubt at all about it. Like it's frightening. I've filled my own car there recently. I nearly had a nervous breakdown uh, over it. But uh, look, it's, it's one of these things, but... I will say economy is in the right foot. It's in control of everyone's right foot. And just think that when you sit in the car. I'm looking at some people driving, especially some young people driving. They must be multimillionaires. They have the foot to the floor and they're probably in the wrong gear too. And the revs have gone over the top and it's costing them a fortune. So mm. just think, think. If you want to economise and get the price of a holiday or a bit of a saving or something when Christmas coming up, think economy. And the other thing, just Jerry, if you allow me to say it, the nights are closing in. Think about safety. Yeah. Have your lights checked. Have your tyres checked. Have everything checked in your car and be careful. Tony Conlon, we love you on Late Lunch and thank you once again for joining us today on the show. We'll talk to you, please God, in the month of November. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Bye-bye. Tony Bye-bye. Conlon there. What a brilliant, brilliant man. And a turn of phrase like no other. Coming up after three and Late Lunch, more from my Artist of the Week, Michael Bublé, and the brilliant Sinead Burke brings us more of her banter. Well, Louise... Tommy from Italy has been on our good friend Tommy to send us congratulations thank you Tommy from himself and the family lovely to hear from you today whoever sent that picture in did you get shivers in your you know where when you saw the picture of the pickle axe no you didn't you no, don't I mind like the pickle axe I didn't mind that oh I got shivers in my colon and everywhere else when I saw that picture of pickle axe the listener says oh I'm the queen of I'm the colon queen they say uh, and I wasn't asleep Louise, oh my God, I've had too many colonoscopies, Jerry, piles of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) And for the next one, she still has the pickle axe there and she says, no, no, no. I think a lot of people would say that. Um, Another one says Pauline. Pauline agrees with you. She'd rather have... Uh, elephants uh, then have another colonoscopy I don't know who you're attending for your colonoscopies I must give you my contact details I don't think you've had a colonoscopy at all four of them it's just (laughs) a joy it's just a joy when when you're having them done you sure you had a colonoscopy I had I had (laughs) jeepers will you stop no as I say it's the build up to it and the pickle axe and all that Uh, there's somebody else is it sending me a picture of the new Renault 4 when did they send me a real picture of the Renault 4 Oh, look at it. Do you see it? Boxy. It's boxy. Yeah, but the old one was boxy as well, Louise. Wasn't that boxy though? You're right. Mm. You know your cars. It's very boxy. I remember that the one getting left home as a as a kid with the man with one Do of those you? with yeah, the yeah. ear stick coming out of the dashboard. The stick out of the dash. It was a thing. Mm. Anyway, I have a new role for you. Tony's ever off. It's motoring, Louise, but not as we know it. You know your cars. Looking at that. No room there. for the bag and the phone. Then you see beside the if the. If <laughs> The gear stick is there. You've a lot more room beside you. You do, but I would say the gear stick is not on the dash in the new one. But mm-hmm. I stand to be corrected. But you're Couldn't right. Be. I'm looking. Thank you so much for sending us in that picture today. You're very good. It does look really boxy. Elongated as well, may I say. Mm-hmm. And as Tony says, it was the SUV of the day, the old Renault 4. Oh, my God. When I think of it. Well, most Eddie, of them red. I remember them as red. Eddie's was a gold. A it was a mustard. A mustard oh. colour. Mustard was a popular colour in at that stage. But she took us to Dunlow and Donegal and round the country and everything and we couldn't have a complaint about it. And uh, that was back to the future, of course, with the Renault 4. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Tuesday afternoon. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with the show, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Or if you have a guest or a story, Late Lunch at LMFM.ie goes directly to myself or Louise. News, weather and sport on the way but before all that it's Mr John Farnham and The Voice Let's do this now on Late Lunch The Late Lunch Artist of the Week Artist of the Week
Michael Bublé is the man in the spotlight this week. And Bublé always believed, I mentioned it yesterday, that he'd make it in the music industry, encouraged enormously, of course, by his Italian grandfather. But it took him time. It wasn't until 1997 that his career really began to take off, mainly due to his regular appearances on a primetime Canadian TV talk show hosted by Vicky Gabbaro. His battle to secure a record deal again took time and in fact he had to raise half a million dollars himself to cover the cost of 143 Records, which became his label, uh, and its owner, David Foster, before they'd produce an album for him. However, the good news was, Michael eventually kept uh, got to keep the cash when Foster and the label finally realised the potential star they had on their hands. Bruce Allen became his manager. And, oh God, I'm straight into it, am I? <laughs> I'll finish the story after we listen to Michael Bublé. You cry the whole night through. Well, you can cry me a river. Cry me a river. I cried a river over you. You just have to let it finish. Well, Michael, you jumped me there, Mr. Bublé, because in my version of that song, there's a 30-second intro, and I didn't realise on our version in here, there is no intro. So let me just finish the story. You see, Bruce Allen became his manager, and Michael's debut album, Bearing His Name, was released on February 11, 2003, with Saw Bublé cover a number of classic jazzy numbers. The album did really well, despite the reservations of his label and management team. And you know why, when you listen to that version there of Cry Me A River, absolutely brilliant. More about Michael in words and song round about this time tomorrow. Hello, Jim Jim. Yes, great music on the show today, continuing with uh, Mr. Michael Bublé. And there's another listener saying, Westlife all the way for me, Jerry. That was the number one that kept her number two from Girls Aloud, Jump Off the Top Spot. But Louise and myself love Jump. But listen. Everyone to their own, as they say. Up next on the show, she's brilliant. And I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to say today. Sinead Burke brings us more of our wonderful banter. I'm sure you're probably all over this yourself. But for the slow coaches at the back, I'll give a quick recap. West Bromwich Albion have changed the colour of their women's team's shorts from white to navy. The change follows consultation with female players who express their annoyance and sometimes embarrassment at having to wear white shorts while having their period. Reaction online has been mixed, to say the least. Mercifully, most people have greeted the news with a fair play kind of attitude. It makes sense. And surely, final say on what sports people should wear should rest with themselves. Others, however, have responded with metaphorical fingers in their ears while rocking gently back and forth in the fetal position, disgusted by the mere suggestion that some sports people menstruate while actually doing sport, and horrified that this fact is even being discussed. The outrage took me back to an advert that was banned in Ireland two years ago for the same audacious message. Like many at the time, I was caught in the hop when I first seen the Get It Up There Girls tampon advertisement. To be truthful, I nearly choked on a mouthful of tea when I realised what it was about. Talk about a shock. It wasn't even on Channel 4. Mr Burke was sitting beside me and I didn't know where to look. Paralysed by the awkwardness of the situation, I found myself following the same advice my mother told me years ago and what to do if you were ever picked up by the guards. Pick a spot on the wall and stare at it. But it was listening to the woman on Liveline that helped me decide where I stood on the subject. The next day, Joe Duffy was under pressure from Ireland's decency guardians. One woman after another called in to say, down with this sort of thing, and there's no need for this filth. If a live sex show had been beamed into every home in Ireland, starring Francis Brennan and Twink, it would not have triggered the heights of indignant and morally charged outrage this commercial did at the time. The most memorable quote from those who lined up to talk to Joe seemed to capture the essence of what the rest of her virtuous vanguard wanted to say. My husband doesn't need to see this on the television when he comes home from work. 
I really need to thank this woman, whoever she is, because in that split second, I realised something which has stayed with me since. Every husband, every father, every son, every daughter, every mother and every wife needs to know about and understand periods. They need to know that talking about it and understanding menstruation is not dirty or embarrassing or wrong. It happens to half the country's population every month for about 40 years. And if it didn't, then we wouldn't have a population at all. We have a checkered history of treating women well in this country. And thankfully, there has been some huge advances made over recent years. But before we can finally relax and say we've done it, the sisterhood struggle is over and the future is rosy and equal. Surely we should be at a place where the most biological feature of being female can be discussed and comfortably and respectfully accommodated without embarrassment and outrage. Young girls dropping out of sport is a regular talking point in soccer, camogie and Gaelic circles. Losing the white shorts would be a small but meaningful attempt to make girls more comfortable on the pitch. We're smashing taboos all over the place. Maybe this is the last awkward subject that needs to be normalised. It's not about making men just home from work uncomfortable. It's about making women more comfortable when playing the sport they love. It's called fair play. Yes, fair play indeed to you, Sinead Burke. Brilliant observation as usual. Thank you so much and we look forward to more banter from Sinead Anon. Thank you for all your comments to the show this afternoon. And again, I mentioned if you want to get in touch with us on Late Lunch at any stage, latelunch at lmfm.ie is our direct email address. It comes to myself or Louise and we always love to hear from you. Now, tomorrow on the show, midweek Wednesday, Orla Doherty is joining me and she has such an interesting story to tell about the time she came out to our parents and wasn't today or yet yesterday I have to say say Dr Bart Cusera is with us as well he's a fertility consultant we've spoken to him in the past but Beacon uh, Fertility are coming to the northeast yes they're setting up on our doorstep Susie Ladola and I'm a guilty of this myself I have to say I'm an awful man to eat eat too quickly and too noisily and everything that goes with it mindful eating Susie believes it's so important that it's something that we all should adopt and Luba Healy's back with us too on the show you remember Luba uh, the assistance she gave to her family in the Ukraine she's with us tomorrow on the show Eddie Caffrey's on his way next we're leaving you in the company of Mr Elton John and Brittany see you tomorrow LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.